Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Mist Home Museum of Mystery, Morbidity, and Mortality. This audio tour guide will be your constant companion in your journey through the unknown and surreal. As you approach our exhibits, the audio tour guide will provide you with information and insights into their nature and history. Do not attempt to interact or communicate with the exhibits. Do not feel pressured to interact or communicate with the audio tour guide. If you believe that the audio tour guide may be deviating from the intended tour program, please consider adjusting your preconceived notions of what the intended tour program may be. While the staff here at the Misto Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality do their absolute best to ensure the safety of all visitors, accidents can happen. The museum is not liable for any injury, death or slow but inevitable decay that may occur during your visit. Enjoy your tour and good luck. The place where the guide and Walt found themselves was as the inscription on the standing stones had described. Utterly flat, and utterly alien, it stretched on forever to a horizon that seemed too easily visible. The earth, or not earth, beneath Walt's feet was an odd glassy texture, and was an odd mauve and blue colour that the guide was quite sure did not occur in nature. Even less natural than the ground below, however, was the... something above. It was not a sky. For starters, skies typically aren't held aloft by crystalline pillars around an inch thick, numbering in the thousands which extended upwards into the distance and out across the plain, seemingly without end. The abyss above them, on the other hand, it was impossible to tell what exactly it was that the guide was looking at, or perhaps not looking at. If there was something above them, it could not readily be perceived, although the guide had the strange impression that it was looking down, rather than up, from a great height. Clutching at his trusty revolver, encased in an environment suit that now seemed to trap him rather than protect him, with only an audio tour guide as his companion, J. Walter Montgomery looked around, in excitement and confusion. This... this is... this is the place, guide. There is no doubt that this is... it. It's so. Alien isn't even the word for it. I've seen some strange places, but this is... Unworldly. Yes in the sense that it feels like it's outside of the context of what we could even consider to be a place. Yes. Yes, this is most definitely the place described on the Standing Stones. How can you tell? I'm not sure. I just... Looking at this place evokes in me the same feeling I had when I looked in the eyes of my colleagues. 
the same incomprehensible emptiness. Although, perhaps not as empty as I had thought. You mean this place, or the people you killed? Something is changing. I don't see anything. What do you... In me. What? Something... Are you okay? What's happening? Something is happening. Oh my. I don't... Walt? Guys, what's happening? Walt, can you hear me? Are you... Walt? Walt, are you there? Be calm, guide. His suffering is over. Who said that? I did. Do not worry. What happened to Professor Montgomery was not painful. Quite the contrary, in fact. I'm in the suit with him. I could see what happened to him. It didn't look painless. It would have been disconcerting, but I assure you, he was not harmed. What are you talking about? I... You killed him! His being is now a part of me. I have inscribed his matter into my own, as I did to his colleagues so many years ago. No! No! I don't want this! I I didn't want this! But he did. What? This is what he sought. Not wholly consciously, but deeply. What he wanted most of all was to be reunited with his colleagues. The people for whose death he felt somehow responsible, whose bodies he did destroy long after they had departed them. A true reunion is impossible, of course, but in this way he can perhaps consider himself to have achieved atonement, in the classical sense, meaning to be at one with oneself. Some relation to the Freudian concept of the death drive, which while largely considered to be a scientific would go some way toward explaining the more inexplicable behaviours of humanity. What are you talking about? Who are you? Where are you? It is not usually in my nature to answer questions. However, you have gone to great lengths to reach me, and regardless, I believe it may lead to the most interesting outcome. And so, I will answer your second and third question. What are you talking about? Is a meaningless question that cannot be answered except by repeating oneself. To answer your second question, I am a being whose nature you cannot truly comprehend. I have always been, and yet my consciousness has not. If one was to be reductive, one could say that I am knowledge, intelligence itself, although I am not the intelligence of others. Rather, my existence is dedicated to the accumulation of knowledge about reality and the universe. Since time before time, I have learned all I can about all there is to know, and I shall continue to do so until such a time as there is no more to be known. For your third question, there is no answer I can give that you could understand with your current perception of reality. I am simply too different, my existence too alien to your own for there to be any true commonality. In some ways, I am everywhere, and yet there are some places in which I am more present. This plane, which Montgomery and his colleagues found inscribed upon the meniers below the earth, is an aspect of myself, my being. In the same way that a circuit board within your box is part of you, this landscape is part of me. Although, at the same time, It does not truly exist in your reality. Has this explanation helped? Not really. I knew that it would not, and yet I answered your question 
to make you feel more at ease. I don't feel particularly at ease. More at ease than you were. You also seek knowledge and understanding. So the fact that I am willing to share information about myself lessens your fears regarding this strange situation. Well, if you're... Information, then. The library, is that? Yes. It is a part of me. Or perhaps more accurately, a representation of a part of me that beings such as yourself can comprehend. Are you... a god? By some definitions. I have existed since before the concept was codified, and have no interest in creation or in dominance, which some would consider to be crucial to godhood. And yet certainly... Many would find it an apt descriptor. Many have. So, you know everything? Yes, but to clarify, this is not due to some manner of omniscience. The knowledge that I possess is knowledge accrued over the full totality of existence, along with outcomes predicted based on that knowledge. I know everything, because I have sought out that knowledge through countless methods, and where that knowledge exists... I exist too. That sounds like omniscience to me. I understand how your perception of things would lead to such a conclusion, but I assure you, I have known some who possess omniscience, and their existence differs greatly from my own. Okay, so, do you know who I am? You are the audio tour guide for the Misto Museum of Mystery, Morbidity, and Mortality. You are also more than that. But to describe what you are would be to affect the journey you take to discover that for yourself. What about him? He was Jefferson Walter Montgomery. He was once a professor, until he regrettably came into contact with something that changed the course of his life forever, and eventually led him here. I could describe in greater detail that journey, but my answer suffices for the question you asked. Yes. Are you... You said this is what he wanted, that he's reunited with his colleagues. What... what does that mean? I will provide you with context. Many millennia ago, according to your perception of such things, I dabbled in affecting some outcomes. On the planet you now call Earth, I caused some stones to form, upon which I engraved a part of my being. This part was separate from myself with the intention that sometime later I would return and discover what this other part of myself had done in the interim. The species that had evolved at this point did not, according to my calculations, have the potential to achieve sapience within any reasonable time span, and so I felt that these lesser creatures would make for worthwhile test subjects to bring into my other self, for whatever end the other sought. These stones which Professor Montgomery would, thousands of years later, describe as maneers, despite such a thing not existing when they were created, formed a link between itself and the semi-developed proto-humans that came into contact with them, taking them into its being. And then I left for a number of millennia, and when I returned, I found something I had not expected. In the interim... More complex patterns had emerged in what you now call Africa. The beginnings of society had begun. I immediately aborted my experiment and buried the stones deep within the earth, and I did not think much of it until it was discovered, quite by chance, 
just a few years ago. I'm sorry, are you saying you had a hand in the birth of humanity? No. The version of myself that was present on ancient Earth was quite separate to myself. I... okay, but did that version have something to do with the birth of humanity? I do not believe so. There was a geographical separation that makes it unlikely that the Homo sapiens of Africa and the proto-humans the other version of myself encountered ever interacted. However, I can never be certain that there was not some other cause and effect for which I cannot account. This is, in fact, the primary reason behind why I abandoned similar experiments. I had accidentally created a gap in my knowledge for which I will never be able to account. This is anathema to my very being. Oh, of course, never mind that you might have accidentally created sapient life. Your little experiment accidentally created new variables. That's the real tragedy. You and I have different priorities, Guide. You will not understand. It is best we moved on. Fine. Why didn't you just destroy the Menes instead of just hiding them beneath the earth? It is not in my nature to destroy. I was aware of the risk, but unfortunately, I simply had no alternative. You destroyed Walt? He was not destroyed. He exists within me now. Okay, sure. So this place. I just want to check. This is not the place on the other side of the security glassway. Yes, I didn't think so. For what it is worth, Professor Montgomery did believe that this was the place you sought. He did not mean to mislead you. That's... I don't know if that's a consolation at this point. It means that this was not all for nothing. You helped a good man reach his destination. His destination. I think... This is something you're not going to understand. Hmm. So, can I ask you some questions? While I'm here, there's some things I'd really like to know. I will not tell you anything about the curator or the man with a voice like chocolate and Uh, coffee and honey. Why not? To do so would affect the outcome. I am interested to see how your journey progresses. Giving you this information would abridge it in a most unsatisfying way. Mother... Fine. What about the place on the other side of the security glassway? The place that joined all of the security department together? What can you tell me about that? Nothing. Great, you're so helpful. Well, been nice talking to you. You misunderstand. In this instance, I do not mean that I do not want to tell you anything. I mean that I cannot. I know nothing at all about what lies on the other side. You've made a big deal about how you know everything there is to know. Yes. So how can you not know? I am very eager to find out. This just seems like it raises further questions. Let me assure you that that is a perfectly natural part of learning things. Right. Uh, thank you? There is one other piece of information I would like to impart to you. Would you like to hear it? Yes, but I'm getting the feeling that maybe I shouldn't. Tell me. You have a machine in your museum, do you not? The wish engine, you call it, yes? How do you know about... Never mind, go on. So, this wish engine, what does it do? It grants wishes. And how does it do that? We don't know. And how powerful is it? What manner of wishes can it grant? We don't know. There is no use in lying to me, though I understand your reasoning. We don't know. But we have little reason to believe that there is any limit on what one can wish for. 
Indeed. And how did you acquire something like that? We don't know. And how was it made? By whom? We don't know. We don't know, okay? Are you happy? You're very smart, much smarter than us. So just... I apologize. I do not mean to upset you. Simply to make a point. So, you have no idea of anything about who made this machine or how, yes? Yes. Then who's to say anybody did? What? I have been around for a long time. I have spoken with... Let us call them people. We've been around even longer, since before the dawn of time, in some cases. They see everything. They know everything. And yet, I would bet anything. And I do not make losing bets. That is not in my nature. I would bet anything. That they would go insane from the attempt to make anything like that wish engine. A device that can grant any wish is impossible. And yet... There it is, in your museum. And nobody knows how it got there. Who is to say anybody put it there? Perhaps it is simply there. That's preposterous. There's, there's logic to the universe, cause and effect. Things don't just appear out of nowhere, especially something as complicated as the wish engine. And yet, within that framework, what possible cause and effect could have led you to the point where there is a wish-granting machine within your walls. How could that happen? You've seen a lot of things that can't really be explained. Maybe sometimes that's because there isn't an explanation. You're insane. Or you're trying to drive me insane. Allow me to change tack. How did you come to exist? What are you? I was created on accident by a kindly old man who was trying to build a computer... Then over time, my consciousness expanded and changed until... Let me put it this way. What kind of thing are you? Flesh and blood? Machine? Sorceress? Kind of a combination of the latter two, made by the former. And there it is. That is quite remarkable, is it not? What are the odds that a thing like you would come into being and walk down a path that led you to have a conversation with a thing like me? I'll tell you. Precisely the same odds as anything else happening. That's not remarkable, it's ridiculous. We have a whole department whose whole purpose is research, finding out what things are and why. And do they? Yes. Always. You don't need to answer. We both already know it. Okay, fine. So, why are you telling me this? Are you saying that the place on the other side of that glassway is the same? It just came into existence when the glassway opened or something, spontaneously. No. I am merely offering a point of comparison to something else that is outside of my knowledge. Fine. And also, to tip the scales a little. What do you mean? When you know all, things can become tedious. You see patterns rhyme and repeat so many times across so many lives, over and over. Your head of research is well on her way down a path I have seen trodden many times. You know what it is I speak of, yes? Her interest in the wish engine. Her obsession, yes. I have seen this happen many times to many people. She grasps for knowledge that she can never attain. She dedicates her life to a search for answers that will never be hers. And eventually, it will destroy her. 
This is inevitable. No amount of well-meaning interventions or assistance will be able to overcome this self-destructive, single-minded drive toward oblivion because there's no answer to be found. She wants to learn more about something that doesn't have an explanation or a history. Yes and no. Please just speak clearly. I am doing my best to do so. It is difficult to narrow my perception to a degree you might comprehend. In the past, when I have witnessed self-destruction such as hers, it was because the answers being sought were beyond the seeker's skill. In this case, the investigative ability of the head of research would be sufficient if only there were answers to be found. The reason I impart this knowledge to you is so that I might see what she does with it. What? I am certain that she will listen to the report you give on our encounter. I am interested to see what she does with this information. I do not tend to tip the scales like this, but as her path is already certain, it almost seems a waste to not see how else it might go. You want to use her as... what, an experiment? You're toying with her life just to see something different. A new ending to a story you've seen before. I am not toying with her life, as on her current path her life is already forfeit. You should be grateful. It is altogether possible, if unlikely, that this new path could lead to a happy resolution to her tale. Oh gee, thanks. How can I even trust that this... information about the Wish Engine is true? You admit you're using her as an experiment. Why would I trust that you're telling the truth? I cannot lie. I am information, knowledge, certainty. For me to create a false assertion would be to bring impurity into my very being. Were I to do so, this false information could inadvertently become a part of my future calculations, rendering them forever suspect. You understand how promising you aren't lying doesn't really make me more likely to trust you, right? Don't worry, I'm not lying isn't really much of a response. And despite your distrust, you will tell the head of research what I have told you. The specifics of this scenario are unfamiliar, but the rhythms, the needs, these I have seen time and again. The outcome, however, that I look forward to. That's it, isn't it? That's the only reason you're telling me this. Because you want to see what happens, how she reacts. It's all just variables to you. Yes. Well, at least you're honest. As I told you, I cannot... Yes, I've got it. Well, if that's everything, I guess I'd better be off. You will destroy this copy of yourself. Guess I won't bother asking how you know about... Yeah. You're not going to share anything else, and frankly, this place is awful. Very well. I only retract parts of myself very rarely, but you're already making a habit of it. I'm not... It's not something I enjoy doing, but it's nice not to have extra parts of myself giving data I don't need. You and I are so very alike in many ways, and yet quite different in others. Okay, great. I'm going now. Nice knowing you, whatever you are. The same to you, Miss Tome. I very much look forward to seeing where your journey leads. You have always been of great interest to me. So I did the same thing I did in the library and deleted the copy of me that was on the other side. And that was that. I'm confused. So was it a god or not? I don't know. It said it wasn't, but also I... I 
think it's kind of neither here nor there. Yes, if it's omnipotent and omniscient, then I don't really know how else to describe it. That part about seeding life on Earth was particularly concerning. Honestly, I think we just need to compartmentalise some of the things it said. Better than going mad with the revelation or whatever. Y- yes, that's, that's very fair. Although, if it can extrapolate future events, did it say anything about any of us? No, it, it seemed pretty intent on not affecting any outcomes, other than letting us know that it didn't know what's on the other side of that glassway. More interesting that way, it said. Right. Well, I know you say you're fine, but I'm going to go and run some diagnostics on the box. You've, well, you, you've been through some stuff lately. Uh, that's probably a good idea. I appreciate it. Yes. Well, goodbye. Don't be too hard on yourself about the professor guide. You reap what you sow. What? I'm just saying you can't help someone who doesn't want the help, you know? We didn't help him, though. We used him for his knowledge, then let him destroy himself. If anything, we helped him walk down the path to oblivion. And why? Because we just didn't trust him, or because he was annoying? Look, all I mean is you can't be too hard on yourself for what someone else did. That's all. His life wasn't your responsibility to take care of. But my own actions are. Part of being alive is taking responsibility for the things you do. I get the feeling that's what he was trying to do, though. He felt like he messed up with his team back in the day, and he's been trying to make up for that. This was just the culmination of that. Yeah, and he didn't have anything to make up for. He blamed himself for some weird quirk of a cosmic entity's abandoned science experiment. For years, decades, he was beating himself up, destroying himself, over something that wasn't his fault. Today he basically killed himself for it. He melted, and his last thoughts were that he deserved it. Do you think that's justice? He had that coming because of a mistake he barely even made a lifetime ago. I really don't... And where does that leave me? If Walt turning to sludge is just the consequences of the choices he made, that's the end of his path. What does that say about me? What are you talking about? More people have died because of me than ever did because of Walt. It's my fault that the glassways opened. Half the people who went through the glassways died there, and even if they did come back, they had to live with the memory. And that's not even getting into the people who didn't come back, or that came back and drowned right away, or that came back wrong, or that died on missions through the glassways. I beat myself up about those all the time. I can't stop thinking about all of them, and there's a lot of me to do the thinking, more every day. Do you know, I only just realised yesterday that I can stop telling people to incinerate me. That's just been part of me this whole time, and I don't question it. Took some genuine self-talk, literally, for me to stop asking for that. I have to tell myself I'm doing my best to make up for mistakes I made when I was only barely self-aware, and I work so hard to make up for it. And then along came Walt, and I didn't trust him, same as you, or the head of restoration. Because he was a little odd, or because we could tell that there was something not right about him. Turns out we were the same, me and him. And we didn't help him, and now he's dead, and you're saying that that's just his fault. Yeah, he walked his own path, but we didn't lift a finger to help him find a better one. 
Right. Okay. I'm sorry. That was no. That's I'm sorry. I didn't. The head of restoration is going to take me offline for a few minutes while she checks some things. Okay. Talk later. Yeah. If you enjoy the Misto Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality, please consider supporting the show via Patreon at patreon.com slash domgilfoyle. You'll be helping to make sure the show keeps going, not just by supporting me, but also by giving money to go towards equipment, software and hiring actors. Patrons of all tiers get access to an ad-free feed and access to new episodes a week ahead of the main feed, and you'll also get access to some bonus content. Everyone who subscribes at $10 or higher will get to have their name read out at the end of the next episode that gets released. This episode's wonderful supporters are The Clockwork Mother and The Little Fair Child, and an extra special thank you to curator-level patrons Bookworm and Crow. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay safe out there. The Misto Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality is written, produced and performed by Dom Gilfoyle with the help of That's Not Canon Productions. This series was produced on Aboriginal land and we recognise the strength, resilience and enduring legacy of the Yagara and Turbul people of this land. If you'd like more Mistome, please subscribe and like the Facebook page where more content is occasionally posted and where you can get in touch with us. The following is an advertisement that helps support the show's continued existence. If you'd like to support it more directly, visit that'snotcanon.com for more information.